Take your Bible and turn to Acts 14. We're going to begin verse 19. We're going to pick up where we left off last week, and we would encourage you, if you were not here last week or you just want to find out where we are in the book, go back and listen to last week's uh, sermon because Paul is on a missionary journey. This is called Paul's first missionary journey. Why Paul gets precedence and Barnabas doesn't, I don't know. Barnabas is with him. Both are apostles, and they've been called. Paul has been called specifically by God. The word apostles here obviously means also one who is actually called to be a messenger, one sent out with a message. What is the message? We talked about power just now. The message they had, they preached the same message in, in Antioch. They preached the same message in Cyprus. They preached the same message wherever they went, which is today modern Turkey, is where this sermon takes place today. Everywhere they went, they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. They preached this. You're a sinner. Every sinner is in need of a Savior. And there is but one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. Every sinner who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved according to the word of God. That was his message everywhere he went. You're a sinner. Every sinner needs a Savior. Every Savior, listen, there's only but one. There's been many that's come in his name or many come in a name. But there's only one Savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the message was the same over and over again. Modern day time, we think of Billy Graham, if you know that name. Billy Graham said, I preach the most simple message there is on the planet. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, Romans 1.16, Paul said, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And he goes on to talk about not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you take anything away from the sermon today, let me go and get you before you fall asleep because you just sat down, right? You must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, or as you teach it, or as you share it, know that the power of God is with you. The Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to give you strength, to bring back to your remembrance everything you put in. Some people say, well, I can't, bring, I can't memorize scriptures because you don't try. Is that true? How many knows your telephone number? How many know your telephone number from the last place you lived when you used to have a home number? Anybody know that? Who knows your old number from way back in the day when you first got married or way back when you were young? Anybody know that? Wendy can tell me all those numbers. She can just spew those numbers out. We memorize what we want to memorize, and we do what we want to do. Is that true? If you've got it set in your mind, you set a goal to do something, you'll do it. And the same thing with the Word of God. There is nothing greater than actually knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then after you know Him as your Lord and Savior, there's nothing as good as reading His Word and spending time with Him because He loves you and He wants to be with you and He wants to carry you through this life. Well, let's read together Acts 14. This is a, um, it's a PG happening or, or rated R happening here, but it doesn't go into detail, so let's just read it. 1419. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium, this is the towns that Paul just came from, if you've not been with us. Paul's traveled about a day's journey. He's preached the gospel. They've kicked him out of this town. They kicked him out of the next town because they, there was threats they were going to stone him to death. And then he rolls up in Lystra, and guess what they actually do? In Derby, They stone him to death. All right, So he, run, he leaves the town because he has a threat of being killed, gets to a town, preaches the gospel, and they actually, most scholars believe he was killed in this town. He was stoned to death. Because we asked the question, did these people have medical experts in their town, in their day? The answer is, yes, they've always been with us. There's physicians or people that would be acting in a physician capability. These people, was it common for these people to kill somebody with stones? Yes, it was a common way. It was a common culture. If someone was, didn't fit the outcast, they would drag them out in town and they would stone them to death. Did they know when somebody was dead? Yeah, they were pretty much experts at killing people. 
And what they did, they actually, you'll see what they did. Let's read together what they did to him. Then the Jews from Antioch, they followed him, and Iconium came there. Having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. And I told you last week, most scholars believe this is where the second Corinthians, Paul says, I went to the third heaven. Most scholars believe Paul was actually dead. As we used to say when we were little boys, dead dog, dead, right? He was, he was dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. What did Paul do? Imagine he, he, if he truly was dead, and we believe he was, where did he go? Because he told us himself to be absent from the bodies, to be where? Present with the Lord. So where did Paul go when he died? He didn't flutter about and try to be a ghost because there's no such thing. When you die, you're dead. Amen? And you're going to go to one of two places. Your destination is heaven. If you're born again, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your other destination is hell. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. There is no in-between. There's no place to purgatory that the Catholics teach. You can't buy your way out. You can't pray your way out. Your family can't give any money to get you out. Once it's done, it's done. Forever is forever. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if Paul did die this day and that record he has in 2 Corinthians of going to the third heaven, Guess who we got to see face to face? Jesus. Now, do you know the difference between cocky and confidence? Have you ever been called cocky? I have. I, I was always, you know, I learned from the Bantam rooster on the, on the on the, when we used to have chickens. The little rooster would walk around, and he looks like the games. He's got all the colors of the game rooster, but he's nothing like the game roosters. What does the game rooster do to a little Bantam? A little Bantam, anybody know what a Bantam rooster is? Beautiful little rooster. But as soon as the game says boo, they can ban him a bow up and think he's going to get him, and then the rooster will just stick a spur in him, and it's over. He can't compete. But listen, I don't want, I'm not talking about being cocky today as a Christian. I'm talking about being confident in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was called by Jesus. You know the story we read, and he was kicked off his horse or his beast going to Damascus. He was blinded, and he heard and saw Jesus. And then, of course, he has a healing. He's baptized. He's taken out to the desert for some period of time, taught by Jesus, and now he's been stoned to death. And guess who he sees the time he dies? Guess who he sees? Jesus. Do you think the man's going to come back with confidence if he's been in the presence of the Lord? You and I will be confident too when we spend time with God and when God speaks to us and we know that he has spoken to us, we have a clear word from the Lord, we will act decisively. Some people will call you, who do you think you are? And they'll mock you, they'll make fun of you, they'll persecute you, they'll say things about you. Oh, he or she thinks they're somebody special. Well, I want you to know today, listen, if you're born again, you are someone special. You've been called a messenger of the Holy One. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you forever. Never to leave you nor forsake you is what Jesus said. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He was very clear. We have a purpose and a passion in life we should have. We come to this place, Paul is thrown out of the city like a pile of trash because he's dead. They presume him to be dead. And we believe he was dead. The disciples gathered around him. What do they do? What do we do as a church when someone is sick? And someone's, we heard the Avents in a car wreck. And, and uh, Brother Adrian shared that the Johnson family lost a, a family member. What do we do as Christians? What do we do? We pray and we ask the Lord to strengthen them, to encourage them, to be with them, to carry them through. And that's the same thing the disciples were doing here. Lord, Paul was our preacher. Where are we going to get another Paul? We like Barnabas, but he's not, Paul, he's not a preacher like Paul. What does Paul do? God sends him back. Paul was getting kicked out. We laughed about this in Sunday school. Paul was getting kicked out of every place he went and preached the gospel. Did y'all know that? Every time he preached in a foreign town, he's in modern-day Turkey. Every time he preached, he got kicked out. 
He preached so hard he got killed. And then he went to heaven, and guess what? God kicked him out of heaven too. He sent him back. You're not finished. With bruises and cuts and all the facial things that are going on, that all the contusions he would have had, here's Paul. He gets up. He goes back into the city. Ironically, we have no record that anybody was saved. Every place he goes, and many disciples were made, and many disciples were made, and many disciples were made. Many did not believe. Many did not believe. And now what do we have here? When he gets up, goes back into the city, and what does Paul do and Barnabas do in every city? They preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's correct. Go with me to verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to the city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra. They're going back to the town that kicked him out, that threatened him with death. How bad can it be? If you've already been killed in one town, right, and seen Jesus, how bad can it be to go back to the town that threatened to kill you? Or the other town that kicked you out because they didn't count you worthy of the message that you had? Look and see. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, the town they just came from, Iconium, town they just came from, Antioch, town they just came from, Verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, we, that's you and I, by the way, we're included in this, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And now when they had preached the word in Perga, they also went down to Italia. From there they sailed to Antioch, that's the other Antioch that we talked about in lower Syria, where they had been commended to the grace of the God for the work which they had completed. This is their home church. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Well, let's get into your notes now. I want you to see some things. This is modern-day Turkey is what I put in your notes right there. Paul and Barnabas face many challenges. When you and I preach the gospel, when we share the gospel today, we will face many challenges, especially in our culture today. You look at the news, you turn the news on anywhere on any channel, and you're going to see people are rioting or in the streets all around the world. In China, they're in the streets, even though they're not supposed to be. In Russia, they're in the streets, even though they're not supposed to be. In the Asian countries, they're in the streets writing or, or complaining about something. People are saying, we want it, this, we want that. And you got opposing sides, sometimes three or four opposing sides at each other. In America, we got people in the streets wanting different things. And we come to the place and no one usually has a united message. Why? There's three people that get in the way every time God tries to work. Who are those people? Me, myself, and I. I want what I want, not necessarily what you want. And you want what you want, not necessarily what I want. Instead of coming to the place and saying, what is best for all, or how do I actually function in this group, what's best for all, what do we do? We rebel. This is what's happening here. Listen, the gospel, I want to show you. Where is Barnabas from? He's from the island nation of Cyprus. Where is Paul from? Tarsus. These men are from different places, different backgrounds, still have something in common, the Jewish uh, faith and the Jewish background, the, the, even if you will, the race. But they come to the place they're very different. How is Barnabas? He's a loving, encouraging, outspoken man. He wants to encourage all the time. He's the one giving you hugs. I know COVID-19's around, but I just got to give you a hug. If I get COVID, I'm going to hug you anyway. Kind of like Tanya. Tanya's probably spread more COVID than anyone in town, <laughs> if she ever had it. Now, I don't think she's had it, but Tanya will hug everybody. I don't care. 
And, and uh, so I, I fussed at Tanya for about five weeks straight, and I finally gave up. So, but that's how Barnabas was. Always wanted to hug, wanted to encourage you, wanted to strengthen you, wanted to, wanted to see you go further in the Lord. And I, I just want to see you. I want to champion your success. Paul was always preaching. He used his academics and he used his knowledge. And, of course, he used his spirit-filled life to preach the Word of God. He knew the Word of God because it had been memorized from a child. He preached the Word of God that Jesus Christ fulfilled the Old Testament. He preached, he preached, and he preached. When we come to this place, I want you to say this. Listen, look at my second sentence there. They were rejected. They were opposed. They were ridiculed. They were mocked. They were blasphemed and physically abused for the sake of the gospel. Have any of you ever been had any of those things because you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ? Most people have not experienced that in America today because they are not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going along to get along. You ever heard that? I'm just going along to get along. I don't agree with them, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to upset the apple cart because if things spill over... It might cost me my job. If things spill over, it might cost me my status in society. If things spill over, something might happen. In this culture we're in right now, many of the politicians would come through. And I don't know why, but I get asked. I guess everybody else said no because it's the last on the bottom of the barrel. But they'll ask me to come and pray for their, would you come and do an invocation uh, for our stump if you have tonight? And I'm like, well, I'll never give them a chance to pray in Jesus' name and uplift the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I've been asked more than one time, would you come and pray but please don't use the name of Jesus when you come. Just pray in God's name, in thy name. Keep it, keep it kind of neutral so everyone can enjoy themselves. You think I say yes? Welcome to the place. Who saved my soul? Jesus Christ. Who gives me eternal life? Why in the world would I deny the one or put him in neutral, the one that actually saved my soul? My wretched, sorry soul, Jesus Christ saved me, and you're asking me, for political correctness, not to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Ironically, I've prayed more than one time, and I've prayed in Jesus' name because I was being very clear. I, I didn't set anybody up. I said, I will not pray. I will not be a part of anything until we come to the place and we can uplift the name of Jesus Christ. Well, guess what time it is? It's political season again, and they might ask you to pray. Are you going to give up and not pray in the name of Jesus Christ so that you don't offend anybody? Are you going to come to the place you're going to be politically correct and say, I don't want to stir up any trouble. I don't want all those people or these people to come against me. Let me tell you, if you're a Christian today and you speak for the name of Jesus Christ, you will receive persecution. Paul did. Go back to the first century church or the church in the 21st century. All throughout history, the church has been persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ. You think about what's called progressive churches today. And they want to give a homily, which is a good teaching tool, and keep it here. God is love, and he loves you. Have a good day. Go in peace. Well, that's nice, and that's the truth of the word of God. But if you go in peace, and you're a sorry, good-for-nothing sinner, and you die in the roadway and go to hell, listen, what good has the church service been? Because you are that no-good sinner, don't you know? Amen? I'm that no-good sinner, don't you know? Born that way from my mother's womb. Listen, I was born into sin, the Bible says, but Jesus saves us. And when he saves us, what does he do? He remakes us, and he makes us into that somebody special. He makes us into that somebody who has a message to carry. He makes us into that place who's an image bearer of Christ that we might go forth into the world. I've often thought, why not, Jesus, why don't you just come down again and just preach to everybody one-on-one, 
and just let them have a chance to receive you and then reject you and then it's over. Just come back. That's Clint's way, right? You have the power to do that. But what was his way? What was his choice? His choice was to come as a man, sinless man, 100% God, 100% man, to live a fruitful life, live a positive life, live a life that actually where he loved people because we see him as a preschooler, we see him as a preteen, and then, of course, we see him as, as an adult man dying on the cross for our sins. And by the way, there's some things going around on the Internet. Let me just share this with you. Let me just put this in. This is not the sermon today, but let me add this to you. What did the Lord say whenever he gave the Israelites? He gave them a command. You shall not make any graven images. Right now there's an image of a Middle Eastern man that some dudes come up and said, we worship a Middle Easterner. We do not worship a Middle Eastern. Let me be clear. We serve the God of heaven. If you want to see what he looks like, you go to Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. When you look upon him, you don't see a brown Middle Eastern man sitting there looking all humble. You see an almighty God who actually John couldn't even look at. He hit his knees because he thought he was going to die because he's God. He did come to earth as a man, and he was a Middle Eastern man. He was a Jewish man, we know. Even the woman at the well says, what do you, a Jew, have anything to do with me? So we know he was a Jewish man when he was here on earth, but he's not a Jewish man today. You will not stand before God and go, oh, let me go look through all the people of heaven and see if I can find him. He's God. He's sitting on the throne of heaven. His eyes like fire. His hair like wool. Looks nothing like you or me. He's God. He's God. So be careful. Don't get trapped into that. Everybody's trying to minimize the church today. I want you to understand They'll come back and say, well, if you're so patriotic that you uh, believe the American flag is equal with the gospel, you got it all wrong. All these progressive young dipsticks are out there preaching stuff, trying to get us to minimize Christianity. Don't ever let somebody take the gospel down to dirt level. Do you understand? It is a holy message we have to preach. Don't let somebody come in and minimize because of their brain think or because they've learned how people respond to social media. Don't get trapped in it and don't let someone else, listen, lead you astray. You keep God high and holy every time you go out. He's holy. Don't you speak of Jesus like that. I don't put the American flag beside Jesus Christ at all. I was born in this country. I served this country as a veteran. Listen, of the United States of America. Listen, the United States Navy, I served. I gave it everything I had to protect this country. This, is this country perfect? The answer is absolutely not. never has been. There has never been a perfect country on the planet. Not even Jerusalem where Jesus lived was perfect. Even Paul with the message, what are they doing? The people are trying to kill the messenger of God, or killing him. I want to share with you today, listen, they're going to come after you as well. They're going to persecute you. They're going to blaspheme you. They're going to call you names. And if you can't stand strong for Jesus Christ, some people won't even sing in his house. You'll never speak for him outside of his house. You won't stand for him. You'll spend years and years and years in church with your arms crossed, dozing off, Wondering, what's this life all about? Let me just get a new boat. Let me get a lake house. Let me get this or that. And it's all about the three people I told you about to get in your way. Who are they? Me, myself, and I. You always put yourself first. You'll wonder why your marriage is struggling. And you'll wonder why your kids are so crazy. It's because you're putting yourself first. You have to put Jesus Christ as the main thing, as your main thing. Amen? He's got to be first. He must be, have first priority in your life. He even says, seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you have need of will what? Be added to you. This morning I was out early before the sun came over the hill and the birds are just going crazy. They're singing, they're chirping, the crows or whatever crows do, making that noise. What's it called? A cack or 
whatever it is. Ah! So that's what they were doing, something like that. But all of the mockingbirds, everybody's going like, it was just nuts out there this morning as the, as the world was waking up. And that scripture come to mind, listen, don't worry. How many of y'all are warriors? Don't raise your hand. That don't worry is what Jesus said. Don't worry. Matthew chapter 5 and 6, look for yourself. Don't worry. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, yet your heavenly Father cares for them. Then he says this, are you not more important than they? What's the answer, church? Are, are humans more important than birds? We're teaching our kids today, PETA and all the other people, saying, listen, animals, we're just the highest animals, so all of us are animals together. We are not the highest animal. Get that out of your mind. We were created in image of God. Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, you were created male and female in the image of God. You were created top of God's priority. He formed Adam out of the dust. He breathed in his nostrils, and Adam became a living soul. He took the rib from Eve, I mean from Adam to make Eve. We were made in the image of God. You are not an animal. If you tell children they're animals and their whole life they believe they're animals, guess how they'll act when they get older? Like animals. What's happening today? Half those people in the street all around the world didn't get their behind spanked when they were a child. They got one, honey, that's one, honey, that's two. Honey, he's just exercising what he thinks is proper. Have you seen some of the politicians about the looters? Well, sometimes the police need to stop and ask them, do you need that thing? Have y'all seen anybody on the news stealing loaf bread? Has anyone broken to a store and ripping off loaf bread? They're still in big screen TVs. They're still in name brand purses, name brand shoes, name brand stuff that's actually for the three people in their life. Who are they? Me, myself, and I. They're still in stuff that actually brings pleasure, can bring money to me. You don't see homeless people ripping off stores. If a homeless man broke in and got some oranges and some apples and some food, I would like to say, listen, I want to pay his bail. That man's hungry. The Bible even says a man will sometimes steal to feed his stomach because he's hungry, but he has to pay back more and more if he does that. So be clear today who you sympathize with. When you come to the place, what does a thief come to do? A thief comes to steal and to kill is what the Bible says. It should get you to the point of saying, listen, we've got to share the gospel even more. Every time you see wars and rumors of wars, every time you see people in the streets, every time you see people disagreeing, we should think to ourselves, I need to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your neighborhood, listen, in Aiken, in your neighborhood, when something's broken into, it makes you frustrated, I know, because it happens to me a good bit. Just where we live. But what do you do? First you want to respond, and then you've got to come to the place and say, listen, if I shared the gospel, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe that young man or young woman would not have stolen from me. You could pray, maybe that person wouldn't have killed that person. Maybe that person wouldn't have acted that way. Maybe something wouldn't have happened. But listen, we can't sit back and complain about society if we're not engaging society with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're the only people on the planet who have the answer. You have the answer, I have the answer, and the answer is Jesus. It's the power of God, it's the salvation. Let me give you some notes. Paul and them, they persevered. When they persevered, many people believed. Look at your notes inside your bulletin. Paul was left for dead. He had been stoned, by, stoned to death by certain people from Lystra. The unbelievers were agitated by the Jews from out of town. Does that sound like what's happening in our culture today? People out of towners are coming in, stirring up people, bringing bricks, bringing all kinds of things, and trying to get people spun up, get them in trouble, and then leave and go out of town again. These are professional agitators in America that's doing what they're doing. Somebody's funding them. 
I talked about all like Portland and, and Oregon, different places where they are. Can you imagine actually in Washington, what, how could you stay in the streets? I couldn't stay camping for longer than 10 days. These people have been going for 90 days plus. Somebody's funding that. They're, they're washing their underwear somewhere, don't you agree? We're human. You get stinky after a while, don't you? Whew, I can't, 90 days. Can you imagine how, what you smell like after 90 days? Somebody's funding a place to feed them, a place to sleep. It's happening all around the world. People are staging coups all around. It's always been happening since mankind's been around. But we are the people, when they come and agitate, when people speak against you and laugh at you because of the gospel, you stand strong. Number two, look at this. God did not allow Paul and Barnabas to experience ultimate defeat. Write the word ultimate in there because that's part. This is true. If I just put the word defeat, did they have defeat? Yeah, Paul got, he got ridiculed by society. People that he used to roll with. Listen, Paul was a Ph.D., Paul was the top of his religious game. Paul was sent out as a Pharisee. Paul used to roll with these people. These were his people. Listen, when he was out looking for the church and trying to persecute the church himself, he was these people. He understood what they thought. He knows where they eat. He knows all the clubs. He's been there. And now he's, listen, he's receiving the persecution. He's receiving defeat. He's receiving the mocking. The Bible says the word blaspheming. He's being blasphemed. He's being laughed at. He's being mocked. Of course, you know, he's being stoned. Now he's bleeding, got the, got the bruises and cuts to show it. But they did not experience ultimate defeat. Through Paul's kingdom tribulations, he was reinvigorated to continue. When he saw Jesus, he got fired up, I believe. Don't you think? Could you imagine being in the presence of the one who created you? Again, Paul's been there before on the road to Damascus, and now he's in the presence of the Lord again. He's fired up. He's ready to go. And he just took a beating. Number three, Paul and Barnabas traveled to every destination God sent them to preach the gospel. They were in partnership with God to see souls saved. I told you earlier, if it was me, if I was the Lord, I'd just come speak to people one-on-one. Hey, would you like to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? No? Okay, good. You're going to hell. Hey, would you like to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ? God's powerful, right? He can do that. He's not coming to earth again except to get us, right? The church, he's coming again. He's going to dwell here. We'll talk about that in the future when we get into Revelation. So how are the people supposed to hear? How's your neighbor supposed to hear? How's your classmate supposed to hear? How's your children supposed to hear? How are they supposed to hear? They can't hear unless someone preaches. The Romans 10, 17 says, or 10, 16 says, they can't hear without a preacher. And they can't preach unless they're sent. By the way, do you know who the preacher is today? I am a pastor and preacher by vocation, but do you know who he's talking about in the Word of God? How do we get the message of Jesus Christ to the world? You're the preacher's. If you're a Christian, your job is to tell the good news. Your job is to preach the gospel. You're ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what your job is, what your title is, no matter if you're a student, if you're a Christian today, your first and most priority, highest priority, is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every chance God gives you. You're in partnership, just like Paul and and Barnabas were. You're in partnership with God to see souls saved. Number four, if you look at your notes, Paul and the disciples knew even faithful followers of Christ need their souls strengthened through discipleship and encouragement. If you would go back and look at that, look at verse 22. What did they do? Strengthening the souls of the disciples. Have you ever had a weak soul? Here's a funny thing. Take your finger, if you would. Take your, take your pointer finger like this and point to your soul. Where is it? Where's your soul? The answer is, you don't know and neither do I. 
Is it in your brain? Is it in your intellect? Is it in your stomach where you feel the butterflies? That's where the, they would think in the New Testament times, the Old Testament times, you ever been over a roller coaster when you go over the top of the big hill and the bottom drops out and you go, I feel it all in my stomach. And I found out, by the way, when we studied roller coasters, girls experience different effects than boys do. Did y'all know that? I won't teach that today, but uh, we were studying roller coasters and we did a survey. Girls have a sensation that boys don't have and boys have a sensation that girls can't even fathom. But you ever had butterflies when you fell in love with somebody or you, you thought someone was cute? Everybody, knots in your stomach, whatever it might be. Yes, it should be men, shake your head like this just in case, even if you didn't, all right? Keep, keep, lunch is coming. I'm, I'm, I won't be there. I do counseling on Tuesdays and Thursdays, by the way. Listen, let me encourage you. They come to the place where everything was in them. Our souls sometimes, whether it's right here near our hearts, or it's in our intestines, or it's in our head, or it's in our big toe, it's everything that's within us, right? Who we are. On the outside, you see Clint Smith. The real me is on the inside, my soul, that's going to spend eternity somewhere. My somewhere is heaven, by the way, because I've given my heart and life to Jesus Christ. The inside of me, when you ask a five-year-old little child, let me, let's just do it today. Maybe an older child. Cassidy, stand up for a second. Show me with your hands how much you love your mama. Yep, with all my what? You love her with all your what? All your life and all your heart. Not her blood. You be seated. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. <clears throat> That's what little kids do. I love grandma. I love daddy. I love mama. I love all my heart. And they stretch their arms as far as they can stretch them because they're saying everything within me loves them so much that I can't express it except showing you as far as I can stretch my hands. That's what the Lord's talking about. Our soul It's who's within us. It's who we are. And I, we love the Lord that much. And everything that he does for us, listen, today, we do it because we love him back. Sometimes we're unfaithful when he's faithful. But he comes to the place, sometimes our souls need strengthening. Sometimes you just get weakened. Pastor, I'm so tired, I, I, I'm not reading my Bible like I'm supposed to. I'm not praying like I'm supposed to. I feel like I'm useless for the kingdom of God. And friends, let me share something with you. You're never useless in the kingdom of God. Sometimes your soul just needs strengthening. And that's why you come to the church house. That's why you gather together. You can get strengthened outside seeing God's great creation. Wow, what a beautiful blue sky, awesome trees, awesome birds, awesome beach, awesome mountain. But you can only get so much out of a mountain. We videotape it today and we watch it and go, wow, that was a great vacation. Wish I could be there again and again, right, and again. But the beach can only give you so much serenity. It can only give you so much calmness. And eventually you were made to be in community. You're made to be in the community. You're made to actually share life together. The Bible tells us as Christians to pick it up and bear one another's burdens. If you're pulling a load, my job is to come alongside and pull it with you. When two people pull a load, what happens? It cuts the weight in half. The journey is cut. Listen, let me encourage you to strengthen your soul. Get with somebody who is a soul strengthener, not a soul sucker, right? There's people who will suck your soul dry too. They'll gripe about everything on the planet have you seen the news? The best answer is, no, I haven't. And no, I don't care what's going on in the world to the point that God's in charge. We need to take action. But let me tell you some things that's wrong. This is conversations I've had. Have you seen what public schools are doing? And when are kids are supposed to do anything? And I'm right there with you, by the way. On a day, off a day. Have you seen what's happening? Pastor, my body's breaking down. By the way, there's always going to be problems in schools. 
There's always a problem in the churches. And the older you get, your body continues to break down. Isn't that true? A big amen in the, in the church? Things that used to be aren't. Your brain says, yeah, go jump out of the tree. Your body says, you do it. It's over. It's a long-term recovery. I'm starting to understand why long-term disability was ever invented. It was invented for old people. Nobody, you're supposed to buy it when you're younger, but it's for old people because things, are, they break. Not like it used to be. Your brain still says do it. Your body says, uh-uh, I reject that notion, right? That's another sermon for another day. Let me go through these quickly for you. Paul and Barnabas went back to the cities that rejected them. How could they go back to the very cities that kicked them out? Because the troublemakers, something happened with the troublemakers. It's not said in Scripture. But what's happened to the troublemakers? Once they killed Paul, they're satisfied he's dead. What do they do? They pack up their bags and they go home. They get a long journey back home. So what's happened is God wakes Paul back up, go back to work. Well, God, I'm sure you had a conversation with Lord. You know, I just, I just got kicked out of that town. And the three places you're telling me to go is the three places I just got kicked out of. But what does God do? He sends him back to the very places. And what, what does he do? He strengthens the, soul, strengthens the souls of the people of Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Troublemakers had already moved on. And what happens when he strengthens their souls? It shows you that many disciples are made. Many disciples are made in every city. So only disciples need their souls strengthened. Lost people need their souls saved. So we partner with God to save souls, and then we go back and partner with God to strengthen souls. They organize the believers and appointed elders in every church, the Bible says. You know why? Because God is a God of order. Don't forget that. God is a God of order. If there's chaos in the church, people arguing over money, people, even when people get up, and I've been in churches where we're, iPhones were out in the service, and it's like a bunch of just, a, just chaos going on. Everything's out of order, and it's so loud and so crazy that I'm like, where's God in this? There's no way to find God in this chaos. But we also come to the place that we've, I've been in churches where it's so quiet, and people are watching the clock. I preached one time. I, I was, I was an invited preacher when I was younger, and there was a clock on the podium, and there was a clock in the back of the church. And I'm like, I got up to speak, and I didn't know what time it was. I didn't have my watch on. And I got up and saw the clock right here, and I'm like, okay, Whew, I, I, I got a lot of time. And I looked back there, when I looked up, there was a clock back there, and I'm like, they were about 25 minutes off. So I'm like, which one's right? I don't want to preach for 10 minutes and be, you know, not give the gospel out, but I don't want to preach for another 25 minutes. I preached for an hour and five minutes. I went off that clock. I figured the one in the church was right. This one was right. So I thought I was getting out in, in a lot of time, and I, it was a long, long day. Not like this one. I'm getting ready to finish on this one. Number six, each time a new church was established, they prayed and they fasted together. And look at this. This is in the Scripture twice. Each church was commended to the Lord. Paul commended, and to the Lord we commend you. The priestly blessing, I'm sure that we just sang, they said, listen, may God keep you, may God bless you, may God shine his face upon you, all the things that they would actually bless them, they would commend them to the Lord. And ironically, when the church of Antioch sent Paul and Barnabas out, the Bible says that that church in Antioch commended them to God. May God keep you. May God bless you. Not knowing Paul's going to probably die, and they're going to they're face shipwreck here in the future. We're going to go ahead and, spoiler alert, there's more deaths coming up. Number seven, Paul and Barnabas came home to report to their sending church all that God completed in their journeys. And I want to tell you, God is a God who completes. Whatever he starts, he finishes. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
The church in Antioch celebrated all that God had done. They shared how God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Did God open the door of faith to your heart? We're here today as Christians. Some of us are Christians. Some people have never given their heart and life to Jesus Christ. It is God who knocks and says, listen, today's the day of salvation. Will you open up your life? Open up the door so that I might come in. And when we say yes to Jesus, guess what he does? He forever changes our life. He comes in. And he promises, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. In the good times, I'm with you. In the bad times, I'm with you. This is the God that we're talking about. This is the God that we serve. And lastly, even while home from their missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas continued in their discipleship while waiting for their next assignment. They were faithful to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, how can Paul grow? He's, he's an apostle. He's got the Torah, the first five books of the Bible memorized. How can Paul possibly grow? It's because God is still speaking and working. Can pastors still learn? You better believe it. Every time we go back to the Word of God, even stuff we might have preached or read over multiple times, you as a person, every time you read the Bible with intent to seek God, if you're a Christian, He will be found, the Bible says. If you're not a Christian, you don't get to choose when you'll seek Him, by the way. You can't say, next week I'll become a Christian. That's not how it works. The Bible says He must draw you to Himself first, and you have to say yes to Him. You don't do it your way. You do it how? God's way, and you get God's results. Look at your questions I ask you. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. That's exactly a quote from Paul. He tells all of us, we must, through many tribulations, uh, seek the kingdom of God or come to the kingdom of God. Who's on security? One of our security guys. If you would just walk out there, there's a golf cart full of uh, youngins. So if you would, I just saw it in the window. Sorry. Thank you. Also, God is with us in the good times and the bad. God is looking for faithful followers who will trust him completely. And the question today is this, are you trusting him daily? Do you trust God? Are you trusting God? In the good times, are you trusting him? It's easy in the good times. Are you trusting him in the bad times when it's tough and tight? The answer is, listen, you should be trusting him in all times. Is that true? Don't let the devil distract. I'm sorry, I'll just make sure we're safe out here. Make sure nobody's messing with cars. Every time God's at work, the devil tries to work. Is that true? Because that's even proof of what's happening outside or what's going on. They might just be joyriding, but I'll make sure they're not tearing up your cars, right? Security, be looking at that. Let me pray for you today. You need to come to the place and identify. You're going to identify either with the people who praise God with Paul and Barnabas, or you're going to identify with the people who persecuted Paul and Barnabas. There is no in-between. When you Christians do your own thing, and you non-Christians do your own thing, I'm just good with all of you. No, you're not. Either you accept Jesus Christ or you reject Jesus Christ. There is no in-between. It's not a 50-50 kind of road. This is a main street. And God's very clear. He's not playing games with us. He calls us out today to follow me. And I will make you, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men, he says. And all of us, listen, have our fishing gear with us. Some of us aren't fishing. We don't know what to do because we don't read his word. We don't listen to his preaching. We don't gather together. We don't listen to even to online sometimes. We'd rather watch stuff that makes us entertained and stuff that actually uh, brings us closer to God. Let me challenge you. Get off the entertainment and get into the Word of God. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for today that you do give us an opportunity not only to hear your Word, not only to read your Word, but Father, to experience your love and, and Lord, your wrapped arms around us even in our good times and bad times. 
Maybe some people in this building have made an opportunity to, to share the gospel. They, they tried to speak and someone spoke over them and mocked them and made fun of them. Father, I pray you'd give them another opportunity because that somebody in the office was listening. They were trying to hear what was being said. And I pray, Lord, as we're persecuted, made fun of, we would not give up. The world's always going to say different than you. That's the way it's been since the beginning. When even the serpent, old Satan, said to Eve, did God really say you can't do that? Father, he's always trying to call you a liar, but we know that he's the prince and the king of lies. He causes confusion. Help us today. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.